Welcome once again to Money Talks, a series of interviews with me, Liam Halligan, Economics and Business Editor of GB News. In this episode, I talk to Alex Epstein, author of the best-selling book, The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels. Alex has built a global reputation for providing an alternative perspective on the energy debate, championing the case for fossil fuels like coal, oil and natural gas. His latest book, Fossil Future, will be published in the spring of 2022. I caught up with Alex, who was speaking from California, on the day President Putin declared that Russia recognised the independence of Donetsk and Luhansk, two separatist regions in East Ukraine, a day which saw a spike in global oil and gas prices. Now, what a day for you to be talking to us. Major escalation in the conflict between Russia and Ukraine. The price of fossil fuels is spiking. Viewers of this show here in the UK will feel the implications of those rising fossil fuel prices. And yet you're saying that we should be defending fossil fuels and using them more. Well, yeah, and this is perfect evidence because what has happened? Is there some inherent shortage in fossil fuels? No, there's unbelievable amounts. Have we lost the ability to harness them? No, it's purely a political thing. We've artificially restricted the supply. And why have we done this? Because of the false promise that green energy, particularly unreliable solar and wind, could rapidly replace fossil fuels. And I've been saying for 10 years, this is madness. The cost of energy determines the cost of everything. If you restrict the supply of fossil fuels, the prices will go up. If you add unreliable solar and wind, they don't replace the cost of fossil fuels. They add to it. So it's just wasteful spending. And, you know, everyone has made their bed and now we have to live in it. And, and it really sucks. But we need to understand that the problem is the anti-fossil fuel movement. Alex, you make a powerful case. Would you distinguish between different types of fossil fuels, for instance, I think most people would agree that coal does a lot worse damage to the environment than, say, gas, which is a relatively clean fossil fuel. Indeed, the European Union, in its wisdom, has just reclassified gas as a clean fuel, even though it is, of course, a fossil fuel. Or do you not distinguish between those three main fossil fuels, oil, gas and coal? Well, I do distinguish among them, but they're all really vital. And with coal, there are two things to grasp. grasp. So one is that it can be burned very cleanly with modern technology. The other is that the world is desperately short of energy. One of my favorite stats is that 3 billion people use less electricity than a typical American refrigerator. There are uh, you know, 6 billion people in the world who use an amount of energy that you and I would consider completely unacceptable. So the world needs vastly more energy. Fossil fuels provide 80% of that energy. They're growing. They're uniquely good for things like heavy-duty transportation, industrial process heat. So we need vastly more energy in the world. That means vastly more fossil fuels. We should also liberate cost-effective alternatives, including nuclear, which the UK and the US has virtually criminalized. So I'm for liberating all forms of energy, including coal. What did you think when you saw a huge economic power like Germany basically decommission all its nuclear energy, make itself more reliant on gas from Russia in uh, the aftermath of the Fukushima disaster? When the Fukushima disaster wasn't in fact a nuclear disaster, it was an earthquake and a tsunami and no one died from nuclear fallout in Fukushima, though, of course, many thousands of people unfortunately died from the natural disaster itself. Do you think what Germany did stacked up? 
Well, first of all, Liam, I'm just so grateful that you said what you said, because almost no one said that. They treated it as a nuclear disaster, whereas if you were in that nuclear plant, you were safer than someone outside it. So it was totally a natural disaster. It proved that nuclear is the safest form of energy ever created. It's the cleanest form of energy ever created. We need to liberate it. And back then, I was just getting started as an energy analyst, but I said, this is totally insane. This does not make a case against nuclear. You're going to become more dependent on coal, but they also are restricting coal. And, you know, of course, they're restricting nuclear. So what happens is you become more dependent on gas. Also using the unreliable solar and wind, they cycle up and down a lot and they really need gas to back them up because gas can go up and down quickly. So you become super dependent on gas. All of Europe bans fracking. What do you expect to happen? This is all so predictable. Everyone is looking for these crazy, non-obvious explanations because they don't want to admit that their very straightforward bad policies caused all these problems. Alex, I totally accept we need to use uh, fossil fuel as a, as a transition. I totally accept, for what it's worth, that, that, that this Conservative government's rush towards net zero is maybe a little bit naive. Um, so we do need more nuclear. But I do have concerns about how we treat nuclear waste. And I also have concerns about the use of rare earths in those batteries for electric cars. Do you think the electric car revolution is the right way to go? Or should we be looking at, say, the use of hydrogen to power our internal combustion engines going forward? I think with all these things, it's really important that you have a market where things are free to be cost effective and prove cost effective. I think EVs are great for certain uses. They're not cost effective for most people right now. They should be free to compete and there should be an international market. But there does need to be supervision over a lot of the abuses that occur, particularly in China, that the green movement has totally turned a blind eye to because they want to get the the price of solar panels, wind turbines and batteries as low as possible. You're seeing some pushback, some knowledge that a lot of slavery is involved. And you're also going to see supply constraints. People talk about the supply of oil, but the supply of lithium is much more precarious. The the supply of polysilicon for solar is very precarious. So what you really need is markets. And unfortunately, what we have is we essentially have energy dictators who think, oh, I know how the world should run. So let me dictate that versus my policy is energy liberation for everyone, have clear laws for health and safety. But besides that, let every form of energy be free to compete and to empower a world which is desperately low on power. And finally, and briefly, Alex, we're just squeezed for time. You're joining us from Laguna Beach, California. I keep my eye on wholesale energy prices across the world. Wholesale energy prices in the States are now much lower than Europe, and the US has become a net energy exporter. What difference has that made where you live? Well, the thing is, we're still doing worse. You're just doing way worse. So our prices are going up. Our fuel prices are going up. Industrial prices are going up. So everyone is making the same mistakes. You guys have just made more of them. But in California, we're copying you. The U.S. is trying to copy you. So let's all learn from this cautionary tale. And if anyone wants more details, go to energytalkingpoints.com and you can get details on any of these issues we're discussing. Well, Alex Epstein, fabulous to have you with us. Thanks so much for being subject of today's Money Talks. Alex Epstein there, energy analyst and author of Fossil Future, which is out later this spring. Thanks a lot for listening to Money Talks with me, Liam Halligan, economics and business editor of GB News. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube or wherever you're listening. Do subscribe to this podcast and also check out my daily television show, 
on the money at 1pm Monday to Friday on GB News or via the GB News app. GB News, Britain's news channel.